I am Jehovah. I am who I am. because I, I got to meet some new, new folks today, and we, we pray that you've already felt right at home, that you felt the presence of God, but also you felt loved on. And so we, we pride ourselves in being a loving church. And so isn't that right, Full Life family? So we, we hope you've already felt that and, and sensed that today as you have come in today. And also just want to remind you about a couple of things. First of all, let me, let me give a big shout-out to Jonathan Murphy. You guys know Jonathan on the screen. He's normally on the other side of the camera, and he took a big leap today to, to present the announcements. And did he not do a fantastic job? Yeah, I think he so much potential there. So thank you, Jonathan, for keeping us up to speed. But I just want to just reiterate what he said about the, the prayer service that's coming up this Thursday night at New Life Church. I'm going to be leading a prayer. Ty, one of our worship leaders, is going to be involved in the worship. So I want you just to have a good, rep- let's have a good represent- representation from our Full Life family there at New Life Thursday night at 7. And then, like he said, if you're new, if you would just fill out a card, a Connect card, take it to, to the Connect desk, and we'll get a gift for you. We're not going to bug you at your house, I promise you. Nobody's going to show up at your doorstep. We're just going to love on you a little bit and help you take some next steps on your journey to full life. So make sure if you've not done that today, you're a first-time guest. If you'll do that, we have a gift for you. So you guys ready to hear? Anybody ready to hear God's Word this morning? Uh, how many of you have been enjoying this series on the names of God? I tell you, it's been fun to preach. You know, I, I'm learning so much as I'm studying, and I've just been, I've been so excited for, for you to get to know. I mean, you know, you get to know this Jehovah that you, you serve. Because, you know, sometimes we feel like he's a million miles away. We feel like he's not near to us, and that couldn't be further from the truth. I'll say this, that's a lie from the pit. Because the enemy doesn't, he didn't want you to connect with God. He wants you to feel like God's distant. But I'm here to tell you that Jehovah wants to come near. He wants to come into your space. Amen. And be your God. Amen. And that's really the reason why we're doing this series. So that you can connect with him. So you can know him better. And here's what we've done so far. God has revealed himself as Jehovah. First week was Jehovah Jireh. Your provider, the one who provides for you. And it doesn't matter the circumstances you find yourself in. God always provides. Amen? Now, last service, I don't know what was wrong with me the first few minutes. I was so tongue-tied and could not remember, but I'm remembering this time. So week two, Jehovah Shalom, who is your peace. Remember, whatever your circumstances are, it's always inner what God does. He is Jehovah Shalom. He's your peace. So today I want to talk to you about him being Jehovah Rapha, which is your healer. And I have a great story for you out of the Bible, out of Exodus chapter 15. And just give you kind of just a, a lay of the land here. If you're not familiar with the idea of, of the children of Israel being in bondage in Egypt for over 400 years, and their cry was, 
God, would you please deliver us from this bondage, this slavery? And God heard their cry, and he sent a man named Moses. And the cool thing about Moses, he was just an ordinary guy like you and I. As a matter of fact, he had a speech problem. He stuttered a lot. And so God says, I'm going to use you to deliver my people out of the hands of the Egyptians. And that's exactly what he did. He led them out, if you know the story, and he led them to a place called the Red Sea. Everybody heard of the Red Sea before. So I want to pick up with the story right there because remember what he did. He parted the Red Sea, and the Bible says that the children of Israel went through with the unharmed, and then as the Egyptians came after them, the waters came back over them, and they were defeated. And so we're going to pick up there, and I want to read to you. If you have your Bibles or if you want to watch on the screen, it says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink it, its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. Watch this. Now, this is interesting, right? So the people, what did they do? Wait, wait, wait. Can, wait a second. Didn't they just watch God part the Red Sea? Didn't they just see him do a mighty miracle? And then three days later, when they, don't, when they can't find water, what do they do? I can't believe he put us out here and it's hot, it's hot out here and I ain't got no water. Can you imagine that? Have you been there? I've done that. That's me. They ask him, what are we to drink? And so here's what Moses, Moses cried out to the Lord. He prayed, right? And the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Aren't you glad for that piece of wood? We're going to talk about that piece of wood in a few minutes. He threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. How many know God sometimes puts you to the test? He wants to see what's in you, right? Anybody like tests? They're not fun, are they? I hated tests. But you know what? When you pass, there's some kind of, yeah. All right, so enough of that. So he said, he said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will. I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who, everybody say that, I am the Lord who, or Jehovah Rapha. How many of you believe he's a healer today? And then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped near, there near the water. Isn't it interesting that God always, even when we're grumbling and complaining, still leads us to those places where we're refreshed? Are you glad for that today? So what I want to do is I want to just, explore this idea of your heart, right? And the idea that you notice in this story that their hearts of the children of Israel, it was exposed pretty, pretty quickly after the Red Sea miracle, that three days into it, they're complaining. And so here's what I'll say as we're looking at this. Whenever you go through a wilderness, I'm not talking about a physical wilderness, I'm talking about spiritually or in the season of your life. When you go through a wilderness, what God's up to is revealing what's in your heart. Does that make sense? And so he uses those wilderness experiences to show you what's in your heart. And there's a reason behind it. Number one, when you get saved, aren't you glad for, am I glad for salvation? So when you get saved, you know, you, you place your faith in what Christ did at the cross. That's just the beginning of a journey that you're on. And I love it because in God's eyes, you're justified, Tony, as if you'd never sinned at all. Well, that's some good news, isn't it? Just as if I had never sinned. 
But sometimes we stay there and we don't, we don't realize that God wants to take us on a journey, a process that we call sanctification, where God is constantly showing us attitudes, habits in our lives that aren't like him, and he wants to, he wants to show, them, show them to us, not so he can beat you over the head and make you feel bad, no. What's his, what's his goal? He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you from those things that, are, that keep tripping you up over and over and over again. Anybody been there? And so this idea of sanctification, I got news for you. It's a lifelong process. You'll never be out of it until you breathe your last breath or Jesus comes back. But again, what's the goal? The goal is I want to be like Jesus. I want to think like Jesus. Jesus, I want to act like Jesus, I want to talk like Jesus, and so what he's going to do is, let me show you these things that aren't like me, so I can get them out of you, I can heal you, and you can look like me, and you can live, the. you guys know what I'm about to say, you can live the full life he promised. And so, the reason, I need you to understand, the reason for your wilderness, sis, 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 right, is because God's exposing things in your heart that he wants to heal. That's good. And so, folks, that's really the intent of this message today is to get, for, get you to see. There's some jealousy there. Really? There's some bitterness there, right? There's some lust there in your heart that God wants to get it out, get it up, and get it out. Amen. And so this is the idea about wildernesses that you can come on. And here's what happens a lot of times. You come off a mountaintop experience or you come off of something that the children of Israel, they saw him part the Red Sea. Three days later, they're complaining. Has that ever happened to anybody? You come off this great high mountaintop experience and something, and then all hell breaks loose. And what are you doing? God, where are you? I'm speaking some truth today, folks. There's some people out, I, it happened to me. Listen, I'll tell you, this, t- the last two weeks have been a really challenging desert season for me. And I'm, the, I'm doing the same thing. God, where are you? And usually when that happens to me, I withdraw. You can ask the Lord. I, I, I kind of close up, and I'm, and I'm feeling sorry for myself, right? And God says, what? hey, woo, what are you doing? Have I not been good to you? Have I not blessed you? And then he's being my loving father when he shows me that stuff. Because he wants me to walk the full life. He doesn't want me to wallow. Anybody ever wallowed? So he wants to reveal these things because the wilderness will show up. It will show what's in your heart. And so I can understand it. There's a number of reasons why you're where you are. Because, you know, your, your life has accumulated, right? There's a series of incidents, a series of experiences, and a lot of them are hurtful. A lot of them have been devastating for you, right? Some of them have been so traumatic. Some of you have experienced emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse. And will you just lean into your pastor this morning? I'm so sorry. That should not have happened to you. That's not how it's supposed to be. But here's the reality, folks. If you don't lean into God's healing, the trauma will continue to rob you of your future. 
Yes, it was traumatic. Yes, you got hurt. Yes, the abuse was real. But God is waiting for you right now. And he's got open hands to heal your heart. Here's what he wants to do, Ron. He wants to step into your experience and be that Jehovah Rapha that you need. And so the question is, are you going to let him? Are you going to allow him to bring the healing that your heart so desperately wants and needs? Here's the other thing. If you, if you lean into this healing, not only will God heal you of the trauma, but he will cause you to be able to say with all confidence what Satan meant for evil, God has turned into good. How many of you would want to live there? I know I do. And secondly, what about your testimony, folks? What if, what if you were able to say with all certainty, I, it was painful, I went through a lot, I struggled. You know, you're not denying the reality of the, of the trauma, but you've, you've moved past it because the Lord has healed your heart, and now you can share it with somebody else who's in the same boat as you, and you can help them come into healing. That's what his intentions are, what Satan meant for evil, God's turned into good. That's what he wants for you, a healing of your heart. The other thing is, there are some people in this room, you face some stuff that you brought on. You've made some really bad choices over the years. And you're facing, still facing, the consequences of those choices. Addiction, ruined relationships, sickness, all of these can be a consequence of your bad choices. Or we'll just, let's just straight up call it sin. That's what it is, right? But the beautiful thing is, it doesn't matter whether it was something out of your control like abuse or some other circumstance or you caused it. It doesn't matter the hurt and the pain that you have. God wants to heal it. He doesn't make a preference. He just says, listen, bring it to me. I will heal it. And the reason is, it's because he's more than able to. Are y'all with me so far? Folks, before you stand, now it's not because of me, it's because of what he wants to reveal himself as Jehovah Rapha. Today can be a turnaround day for somebody in this room. If you'll take the steps that I'm going to share with you, right? Yeah, yeah, pastor, I get it. Yeah, I got some trauma. There's some things I'm, I'm dealing with, but I'm still stuck. I don't know what to do. Well, I got some good news for you. There's a remedy. Everybody say remedy. And so here's the remedy. Jesus, death on the cross is the remedy for your heart. Amen? Now let's go back to that story. Remember what... What did, what did God show Moses to do about the water? He took a piece of wood. Because the water was bitter. And what did he do? He put the wood in the water and the water became sweet. One translation says sweet. It was fit to drink. So I want to tell you about a better piece of wood. You, look, everybody look back there. Turn to that where I'm pointing. 
What is that? This piece of wood called the cross is a remedy for your bitterness. Come on, somebody. For your jealousy. For all the things that you have been traumatized by, all the things that have happened to you up to this point, the remedy is the cross of Jesus Christ. His sacrificial death is an is a invitation for you to come into the healing that he wants you to have. And here's how I know, because if you've ever read the prophet Isaiah, he makes a, a statement about the Messiah being a suffering servant. And I want to read this to you. You can see what he went through so that you could be healed, right? Watch this. Isaiah 53, starting at verse 4. Surely he took our pain. Anybody had any pain lately? He took it. He bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and what? Afflicted. Now watch this. But he was pierced for our transgressions. The things that you do that, are, that break God's law, right? The transgressions. Iniquities, your habits, those things that are just keep, it, you, keep gnawing at you. He was crushed for those. The punishment that brought us peace, peace of mind, peace of heart, was on him. You see what he's doing for you? And then I love this. By his wounds, everybody help me say it. We are, say it one more time. We are, do you believe that? So the atonement that Christ, what we call what Christ did in his death on the cross, we call it the atonement. He atoned for your sins. He also took some stripes so you could be healed. And the beauty of this, folks, it's not just, it, it's, it includes physical healing, yes, but it's not just physical healing. It's a healing of your emotions. It's a healing of your mind. It's a healing of your spirit, man. Amen. That's what Jesus accomplished for you when he went to the cross. And I'll, I'll say this with all certainty. The best healing ever is salvation. Because you were dead in your trespasses and your sins. You were an enemy of God. You were, you had a, listen, I'll say it this way. You had a sin-sick soul. But God, what did he do? He, he paid the penalty and he offers you salvation. A resurrection. Aren't you glad for resurrections? Your dead life resurrected. That's what the beauty of baptism, because what it represents is, this is the person I used to be. They're gone. I have been raised to new life. Anybody glad for new life today? I am his and he is mine. Amen. What's good? I'm so glad that, that, I could, that we can know that, right? I can know it myself. But the salvation is the greatest healing of all. But then he doesn't limit it to just salvation. It's all those things that I mentioned. Think about this. The bitterness in, of life that you've experienced up to this point, you can trade for the sweetness of knowing Jesus. Can I say that again? The bitterness that you've experienced up to this point, you can trade off for the sweetness of knowing your Savior. Remember, Jehovah Rapha, the one who wants to come near to you and show himself real to you as healer. Amen. Jesus was very clear. He said, I've clothed myself in flesh. I'm God. I'm Emmanuel. The, he wants the same God that's was receiving worship in heaven, holy, 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 stepped into time and space. 
put on human flesh so he can step into your hurt. He can step into your anxiety. He can step into all of that and bring healing to you. Amen? And he was very clear about it. Luke, Luke chapter 4. Now he's quoting in the temple. He's in the temple and he's teaching and he's quoting Isaiah again. This happens to be Isaiah chapter 61 that he quotes. Watch this. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to do what? To proclaim good news. Everybody say good news. You realize the gospel's good news, folks. Good news to the poor. He has sent me to do what? Come on, folks. Say it loud. Heal the brokenhearted. If you find yourself brokenhearted today, you have some solace today. He's come to heal your broken heart. To proclaim freedom. Anybody, anybody feel like they're a little bit bound today? What does he do? He claims freedom to those who are held captive. And recovery of sight to the blind. And set the oppressed free. This is why he came, folks. And he offers this freedom, this healing, this deliverance to every person who will call out to him, every person who will come toward him. Remember the Bible says if you draw near to God, what does it say? He'll draw near to you. So if you'll take those steps, the healing's there. Amen? So the cross, Jesus' death, on the cross is the remedy for everything that you've been hurt by, everything that you've faced up to this point. He wants that to be the prescription for your healing. Amen? The gospel of Jesus Christ. See, here at Full Life, we, we describe full life in three dimensions. We talk about it being in the dimension of your relationships. You know, your, your relationship with God can flourish. Do you believe that? He also says... I want your relationships to flourish this way. Marriages, friendships, coworkers, whoever. He wants them to flourish this way. And then we, we talk about how in the realm of your health, your, your mind, your emotions, your spirit, your physical body, that God wants you walking whole. And then we say in your purpose. Remember we say this, this line all the time. You're created on purpose for purpose. God wants you to walk in purpose. He, he's given you gifts. He, he has something. There's a reason why you're on planet Earth. And so here's what we recognize. There's a connection between all three. And I'll give you an example. If I'm out of whack emotionally and I'm angry all the time, what's that going to do to my marriage? Chances are my marriage is not going to flourish because I'm always angry. Right? Anybody been there? Or if, I, if I'm filled with fear and doubt, then I don't believe, em, Emily, that, that God has a purpose for my life. And I never step into the fullness of what God's called me to do because of fear and doubt. Are y'all seeing how they impact each other? So God has called us to step into the healing that he's offering you as Jehovah Rapha. He wants you to, to flourish in your purpose. He wants you to flourish in your health. He wants your marriages and your relationships to flourish. But you've got to get them all whole. What's the remedy? The cross. A piece of wood. Are y'all following that? A piece of wood is the remedy. A death on the cross. And it is finished. Pave the way, Tony. Amen. Anybody glad for that? If you are, shout hallelujah. He stands this moment with arms open wide, ready to heal. I tell you what else is beautiful, folks. His church. Amen. 
And I'm not talking about just full life. Yeah, we're part of that. But the, the big C church. I get it, folks. It's imperfect. You know why? Because imperfect people lead it. Guess what? If you and I traded places today and you led this church, guess what? It'd be imperfect. It would. But here's the beauty. Lean into this. Nonetheless, God has chosen his church to make an impact in the world with all our flaws. Now listen, he's perfecting his church. Don't get me wrong. The Bible says he's perfecting us. He's getting us ready to come back, but we're not there yet. But that's okay. Because here's what it is. It's a beautiful picture of the overall situation of you and I. We're not there yet. I'm not there yet. You're not there yet, are you? And so the church is a picture of the individual. Does that that make sense? And the beautiful thing is, folks, you have the privilege and the honor of being a part of one that wants you to be whole. That's the reason for full life. That's the idea behind full life is we want you whole, Michaela. We want you whole, Terry, because that's what God wants for you. And he said, I died to build my church. So within the context of an imperfect church, there's room and opportunity for you to to get healing. In the context of our life groups. Folks, listen, I love Sunday mornings. I love standing up here and preaching. I love that. But I understand that my preaching alone is not going to totally cut it for you. You need to be connected to a group of people, 10 or 12, that you can do life with. I know that's kind of a cliche thing, but literally, you, you know, you, you have meetings together. You have meals together. You exercise together. I don't know. Whatever, whatever you can think of, you do it together. You study the Bible together. You pray together. You worship together. And so what happens is God is, will form a, a bond between you and those people, and there's accountability there, and there's healing there. Amen. That's the beauty of being a part of the body of Christ. As imperfect as we are, amen? In the Bible, if you go read it in in 1 Corinthians, you'll see it, that God has put together this body, and it's beautiful, isn't it? The church can be a place of healing, but I understand this. I'm not naive to know that for many of you, the church has been the opposite of that. It's been a place of hurt. And again, I'll say it again, I'm sorry. And you, you're a part of this place, and we want to be healthy. It's our goal to be healthy. But guess what? Somebody might say something here to you that might get you sideways. Right? But remember what circumstances do. They reveal what's in our heart, right? And so lean in to the idea that the, the church is a place where you can find healing. It's a physical place where God can heal you. Amen. So I want to get even more practical. What steps, pastor, do I need to take to find this healing? Well, I'm going to give you a few, okay? If you're taking notes. The first one is probably the most difficult one of all, and that's forgive. Right? I don't care who you are. 
If somebody's hurt you, it's hard to forgive. Can I get an amen? But it's not impossible to give. And the beautiful thing about this is, is people is that it's God's will for you to forgive. Now, uh, you'll hear me talk about our freedom group. We do that every semester. And I recommend that everybody go through this at least once. Everybody in our church, go through freedom at least once. And you'll hear, if you've been through it already, you, you've heard some of this terminology. Here's, here, here's what I'll say. Choices lead. Everybody say choices lead. Feelings follow. Say that. Now let's say it together. Choices lead. Feelings follow. So here's, here's, here it is. Pastor, I don't feel like forgiving them. I don't. They hurt me so bad. I'm, I'm, I can't. Well, there has to be, come a point where you, you kind of set your feelings aside for a second and say, you know what? I'm going to forgive this person. Right? And the reason is, is because if you refuse to, that person continues to hurt you over and over again. In other words, they still have a hold on your life. And it may have happened one time or many times, but if you don't forgive, it's again and again and again and again and again, and it's never ending. And so what forgiveness does is put a halt to the trauma. It puts a halt to that person no longer can hurt me. But here's, here's what forgiveness is not. It's not a denial that it happened. You don't have to say, well, it didn't, you don't have to act like it didn't happen. It happened. Right? You were hurt. Everybody with me? Secondly, you don't have to forget it. It's impossible to forget it. And so we're not asking you to deny it happened. We're not even asking you to forget it. Here's what we are saying. Choose to release that person and move on. Amen. And Jesus made it very clear. He said the path to healing is forgiveness. He, know, he, he knows the power in forgiveness. As a matter of fact, he modeled it. Remember, they beat him. They pulled handfuls of his beard out, jammed a crown of thorns on his head, mocked him, made fun of him, hung him on a cross. And while he's up there in agony and pain, he looks down to the very people who a little bit earlier were doing all those things, and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He modeled for you and I forgiveness because he knows it's the path to healing. Does that help anybody today? Okay. Second one. Well, let me, let me read to you a passage I, I forgot to read out of Ephesians 4. It's some good advice Paul gives us. Be kind and compassionate to one another. What does it say? Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So here's the reminder. You've been forgiven of quite a bit. Haven't you? So the reminder is from the Apostle Paul, hey, let's, let's forgive because we've been forgiven of a lot. Okay, so here's the second one. Trust. So here's, here, every day, really, if you wake up, 
it's an, it's an opportunity for you to trust God, right? And so here's what, what it boils down to. Do you believe God is able? How many believe God is able? How many know he's powerful enough? So what I'll do is I'll wake up and I, I choose. God, you're able. God, you're willing. God, you will walk me through this. You will bring healing to my hurt. You will heal my heart. Does that make sense? So when I do that, I learn to trust him. And here's, here's the beauty of it. Every time he's faithful, it gives you an opportunity to look back at his faithfulness, right? So I look back here. Oh, he was faithful there. And he was faithful there. And he was faithful there. And so guess what? Moving forward, he will be Say it with me. He will be His faithfulness builds trust in you. Even, here's what the Bible says, even when you're faithless, he is faithful. Notice the two. So you can trust him that he wants to do this in you. He wants to bring this healing. He wants to be Jehovah Rapha to you. Here's the next one, faith. Now faith is really important because it's even when you don't see something you know, the Bible says it's, it's believing in things that haven't actually happened yet, right? But you know there are because you trust a faithful God. And so he says, if you have faith that I can do it, and I, my promises are yes and amen, then you lean into that faith and you can watch it happen. Amen. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six: For without faith, it is impossible, everybody say impossible, to please God. He responds to faith, doesn't he? But anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith is a pursuit, is it not? And it starts with your, your initial act of faith is, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I place my faith in that finished work and I become a follower of Jesus. I'm a son or daughter of God. That's just the beginning of our faith journey, right? So we have forgiveness, we have trust, and we have faith. That's not it. We also have prayer. I'll ask you a question. On a regular basis, what do you do? Complain or pray? My toes just went in a little bit. Because I do that a lot. Instead of praying, I complain. What if we made a choice every time we were, oh, no, let me go over here and pray. Because what prayer does, it invites God into your circumstances. And you say to God, listen, I'm struggling right now. God doesn't mind your honesty. He already knows. So you lean into it. God, I'm struggling. I'm anxious. I got some stuff in my life right now. I'm afraid. I'm hurt. Say it. I am hurt. And you can say, I'm so mad at so-and-so. If they were in the room with me, I would punch them right in the mouth right now. You think he cares? He wants to heal you. So invite him into, through prayer, your connection, your, your, the, the relationship the conversation that you can have with God. Invite him into your experience right now and let him come in and bring healing. Praise God. Anybody thankful that you can pray today? 
And the beauty of this, folks, and we've read this before, come boldly, come confidently to the throne of grace. You'll notice it's not a throne of judgment. What's it, what is it? It's a throne of grace. All right. I added one this morning that they didn't, they're not going to put up there. Oh, first, let me read a, let me read a passage of Scripture that, that maybe you, if you have trouble forming the words to pray, can I give you some good advice as a pastor this morning? If you can't find the words to pray, just go get your Bible and pray the Scripture. Because the Scripture is powerful. Remember uh, Psalm 19, it revives our soul. And so if you don't know what to pray, Go open the Bible and begin to pray. And here's a great prayer that you can pray. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything in me. In other words, okay, I'm laid bare before you, God. Here, look at my life. Is there anything in you that you see that's offensive? And lead me in the way everlasting. Notice you're inviting him in to do something about the situation or the anxiety or the worry or the heart. So the prayer is, God, search me. But not only search me, do something about it. Because remember, he came to bring healing to you. He, becla- he, he came to reveal to you himself as Jehovah Rapha, your healer. All right? So here's another one. Gratitude. So I throw up my hands, come on, and praise you again and again. What does, he, what does he want you to do? He wants you to take your eyes off of the hurt, off the stuff, and say, you know what, God, you have been so good. If I was to ask you, you know, to, to, I gave you a piece of paper, and you just started jotting down all of the good things. Okay, well, I have a, I have a nice car to drive, and, right? Some of you have a roof, all of you have a roof over your head. Is that right? Your kids are healthy. You got three meals a day. There's a lot to be thankful for, isn't there? And so when, I, when, I'm grat- when I'm grateful, when I show gratitude, my eyes are off the hurt, off the, the past, and on to, wow, God is good. It changes your heart. Gratitude. And then... Here's the challenge. I mentioned it a few minutes ago. I'm going to reiterate it. Get into a life group. Find one here. There are some awesome ones here. I celebrate the amazing, successful engagement of our groups this past semester. Amen? And I want you, I want you whole. Our, our church wants you whole. Our team wants you whole. And so we offer this opportunity. As I said earlier, the Freedom Group, I would, I would just recommend everybody do that because healing can come there. James says it this way, James 5, 16. He says, confess your faults or sins one to another. Whoa, that's scary. And pray for each other so that you may be what? Say it loud. God has given you people in your life to bring healing. To be his hands and feet to you. But you've got to step into that. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? You got to step into that. You got to say, I want to do, I want to be healed, so I'm going to step into that. And I get it, it's scary. Being vulnerable to somebody else is scary. But I, I, I guarantee you, if you'll lean into that, God will bring healing to you. 
through the power of groups. Amen? And then I'll, I'll kind of finish it this way. Sometimes when we have, like if it's a mental, mental stuff that we have, some mental stuff going on, and there's a st- kind of a stigma going on with that, and I, wanna, I just want to help erase that. It happens to us all, folks. Depression, anxiety, it's a reality in our culture, is it not? God wants you to heal you, but he doesn't always do it uh, always the same. You may need some professional counseling. I'm not against that. Because if you have somebody who, and I I will say this, I will make this stipulation, make them a Christian counselor. Because what they're going to do is they're going to use the word of God to bring healing to you. But some of you, the trauma is so deep. The hurt is so strong. It's, it's huge scars that maybe you need a little bit of help there. And again, that's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not a bad thing. The enemy, here's what the enemy, he would try to cause you to have shame and guilt. But listen, lean into whatever help you can get, amen, so that Christ can bring healing to your heart. Amen? So there's some responses that I want to just help you to recognize. Number one, recognize All of your wilderness experiences are a means to God to show you what's in your heart, right? Whatever you're going through, it's it's an opportunity for God to show you the things. But remember why. He's not doing it to judge you. What's he doing it for? To heal, right? It's an inner healing that he wants to do. And so recognize the wilderness seasons are part of that journey that you're on of healing. Number two, recognize that the wilderness reveals everything in our heart. That's what we're talking about right there, right? Number three, recognize this. Jesus' death on the cross is the path to that healing. Remember the wood. He put the wood in the water. The water became sweet. Remember, Jesus brings sweetness to your life if you'll allow him to heal. Number four, place your faith in him. Trust him. Forgive people, pray, be grateful, and find the help you need, either in a life group or even if it's, again, like I said, in a, in a professional setting. God wants to heal you. How many believe God wants to heal you today? And then here's the, the most important one. When Jesus ascended back to heaven, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the story of the, of the day of Pentecost is, it not only was the church birth that day but from then on we have the privilege of having the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of us and that is a benefit to all of us because what he does is this healing that we need he does the deep work of healing our hearts so you listen the Holy Spirit is a breath of fresh air to you don't think he's weird or spooky lean into the Holy Spirit and let him heal your heart This is what he offers you today as Jehovah Rapha. Doesn't matter what you faced. Doesn't matter the trauma. Doesn't matter if it was was, uh, because of somebody else or because of your own doing. He wants to offer healing today. So here's my question in response to this message. What habits, hurts, and hang-ups are you holding on to right now. Thank you for joining us for this week's service. 
We pray that God has used this moment to greatly impact your life. We invite you to live fully alive in Christ with us here at Full Life Church. We'll see you next week.